Guess who's back? Episode 224. Saul, I would like to tell you that the first thing you've done wrong is the intro. Is you did not say lucky number. Oh, yeah, lucky number 224. Well, technically, that wasn't the opening. I mean, it was not the introduction. That's not where you normally would say it? Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, if your ears can't tell, and if you're watching this, your eyes can't tell, our boy's back. I got new glasses, so maybe you don't recognize me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know what would have been great? Come back, fully shaved head, fully shaved face, just to see. <laughs> I would look like a thumb. Yeah. Like those the little thumbs from Spy Kids. Spy Kids. Yeah. yeah. What was that? Four? Three, I Three, think. two? I don't know if it was three. There's a four Spy Kids movie? Yes, but I don't think it has Junie in it. And if it does, he's older. Oh, wow. Why? I want to say that it was Spy Kids 4D, which seems dumb but i oh mean he, look listen i'm not bad talking spy kids jessica alba's in the movie oh okay good for jessica alba i hope at least i imagine she probably got a payday from that well Pro- saw probably big buddy since you're back it's episode 224 you get to be part of the grand opening but remember that this is triangle squared playstation podcast if for some reason this is your first time listening to us uh you can find out how to watch and or listen to us as you keep going through the show but saul being back after a two-month hiatus it means that it's time for everyone including me to learn what saul's been up to i know most of what saul's been doing to be fair yeah i've been in contact but it's time for you to know people in our discord and our twitter have an idea as well uh so for those that do not know I was not just off lollygagging uh, about. Um, I was diagnosed with something called a pulmonary embolism, which is a blood clot in your lung. And for those that don't know, that's a very like serious condition. It essentially is something that will wreak havoc on your cardiovascular system. And for like the first like five days before like they figured out what it was, I was uh, like I was in some of the worst pain I've ever been in, like worse than kidney stone pain. Um, which and, that's bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because like kidney stone pain comes and goes. This was every time I breathed in. It was like like some of the like stabbing pain. Uh, bro then. <laughs> bro then. I only say that because this weekend Kyrie said, I, uh, I broed out when I was telling her she was going underwater. And no. so she was, I told her, I said, just you make sure you breathe out of your nose. And she came back and she goes, Daddy, I did it. I broed out my nose. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> So for those that don't know, like you're not supposed to get a blood clot if you're like my age or if you're like at the um, physical level that I'm at. Like I, I walk every single day, multiple miles a day uh, for work, and I am not overweight. I'm not like in. I don't have diabetes. I'm I'm kind of in a weird, um, like I'm healthy. And so like they're like, well, why do you like you're not supposed to get this kind of thing? So um, obviously, getting this, getting put on blood thinners, figuring it out. Um, because like doctors will straight up tell you like, yeah, this blood clot can move at any moment and you're dead kind of thing. And you're like, well, that, that sucks. Like you go through like this, like, you know, a lot of mental health strain, um, until you go see a specialist, which I did. And they were like, yeah, they're like, but this blood clot's so small. They're like, and you're on blood thinners. They're like, it's not going to move. They're like, I don't know why they would tell you that. They're like, there's nothing to worry about with this. And that's actually what two specialists have told me, which has helped increase my mental health, uh, uh, two ton. But, um, yeah, it was not a fun experience. It was mentally draining, physically draining, um, and just emotionally draining. And for you know a while there, I didn't 
yeah, I was telling Brett this on, on Friday this last week. I was like, I didn't care about video games at all because I wasn't on the podcast. I didn't really care to play anything um, except just to get my mind off of things. I think we all have comfort games that we go back to um, that, you know, games that we've played in the past that, that have, in a comforting time. We've talked about that before, like with me and Kingdom Hearts 2 during like the summertime is like I played that in the summer as a kid. So like that's my comfort game. So I played a couple of those. But other than that, like I hadn't really been back like to video games in like a passion way um, until about two weeks ago. And that was when I started thinking about the, the, the thing that I've always been wanting to do, which is video essay videos and making scripts for those and playing through games um, as well with that idea in mind more so. And that's helped a lot. But um, yeah, like for those that have like wondered where I've been, it, I wasn't out lollygagging. I didn't quit the podcast. It was health. And now I'm on, I'm on blood thinners for the rest of my life because of this. Um, I've not been diagnosed with anything like a clotting disorder. If you're really curious, um, yet I got to go back in like a month to see, um, and have more blood work done. But, uh, yeah, there may be days where I'm just not having good days, like where I'm in pain and I'm not all up to par. And there are days where I'm fine, like right now. But until then, you know, if, if you see me off on a podcast or like a live stream, we do just know it's probably not a good day in terms of pain. Cause that's something else is like, I still have the blood clot. Like I can still feel it when I breathe in deep. It's a little instead of sharp pain. It's like a, somebody pressing their thumb against the back of my ribs, but something that like they were telling me is like, I'll have what's called pleuritic pains, which is the muscles in between my ribs and my lungs yeah. will always be inflamed now for the rest of my life. So like there are days like where it'll hurt some days and I've had days like that where I'm just, I'm not in a good mood because of like the pain. It's not even pain. It's just uncomfortableness. Um, and there are days like where like today it's fine. I can still feel it right now, but it's not, it's nothing to interfere. So that is my full on intro to fill you guys back in kind of thing. If you're a part of our discord, uh, which if you're not, you should be, it's, uh, uh, in our description of our video, or if you follow us on Twitter, which also triangle SQRD, um, uh, for our Twitter, uh, I let everybody know on there, but if you are a person who is just subscribed to us on YouTube, or if you just listen to pod, uh, audio on the podcast services and you're not, you don't care to be in the social network sphere, which I really get you on that one too, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's my little fill in. So I guess we can start off even more so with what have you been playing, Brett? Old school RuneScape. <laughs> I tried. Uh, that, that's, that's basically it without fail. Um, Though I did start something this weekend. So since we were going out of town and I knew that there was a chance I was going to have iffy signal, I thought I'd have more than just iffy signal. Um, I thought I'd, or I'd have a little bit more, um, but it turns out I had zero signal. Uh, I downloaded a game. Oh, Tutorial Island. Bang, bang, bang. Um, the game that Saul was talking about last week that he was pretty excited for, I think it was last week when the new trailer hit, was Axion Verge 2. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about it with me and I would mentioned I'd never played it. Uh, so I downloaded it on my Vita before we left, just Perfect so I'd have Vita something. Game. And um, yeah, I, was, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering on other consoles, I guess it doesn't have to lean on the touchscreen so much. There's things about it on Vita that I don't love since there's less buttons. <laughs> um, like when you go to use the disruptor that like can change tiles that are glitched out, it's a touchscreen button. And I don't love that. I think on Switch, it's the... it's And on consoles too, I actually... It was one of those cross buy titles for Vita, so you actually have it on PS4. PS4, yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's shoulder buttons. I think. Yeah, that's what I would have figured since there's not back shoulders. Uh, but what's weird about that is that 
Well, okay, I know what it is because the left shoulder on uh, Vito locks you in place, which is definitely needed. Yeah. Uh, right shoulder is selection, right? No. It's been so long since I played it on Vita. Drill. Okay. It's a little power drill. And then your left, your right stick, you flick it up, down, left, right to change what you have. That's right. And then on Vita, there's a touchscreen button <laughs> in that bottom right corner that you can hit to switch between them. Um, so, yeah, I'm playing that. I'm, like, in the third area right now. I've got the multi-disruptor, the axiom disruptor, the energy blast, that or the little short-range energy thing that you can use to unlock gates and hit enemies through tiles and stuff. Um, and I've got the one that you shoot and you can hit square and it'll explode. Um, Nova? Yeah, Nova. I, was, I couldn't remember that one. I beat three bosses now, very, I think. Very, very Metro-esque game. Yeah. Metroid. To Not the Metroid. point where I even I've been finding like little p- p- spots where I can blow out the... Uh, like, you know, hidden blocks that don't look like they're breakable, but they, t- they are. And then when you break them, you're like, oh, it's only big enough for me to roll through. So mm-hmm. apparently I've got to go unlock a way to you'll, roll. You'll get stuff, yeah. Yeah. It's a really, if you've never played Axion Verge, it's really good. I can't speak for the sequel because I haven't played it. It just now came out. Um, but I really enjoyed the first one. It's been a while since I played it, and I've been teasing. I bought it on Switch, and I played, like, the first two bosses on Switch, I think, before either something else had come out or I just changed games. Um, but it's been Your so long ring? since I've actually played it. Yeah, it is. And it's literally Seattle, Washington calling me. <laughs> Spam dude is getting The creative. whole city of Seattle? The Amazing. whole city. Is it the mayor? It's the Xbox, actually. <laughs> oh, I got to get this. It's this my Xbox podcast calling me. It was my secret podcast. Uh, you mean up. XY at Game Pass Come? Yeah. <laughs> Game Pass Podcast? <laughs> this was, uh, I was actually gone on a secret Xbox adventure the entire mm-hmm. time. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, Blood Clot BC backwards compatible, which Xbox is fully. I have found the link. Uh huh. There you go. Mm-hmm. There we are. Um, you, you've heard it here first. Saul is now on Uncle Phil's payroll. Blood Clot BC reversed could CB could Blue Blue Box be Silent Hills? <laughs> Find we're, out. <laughs> we're gonna get into that in the long run. But yeah, I, I've just are. been playing RuneScape and then Axion Birds. That's really good. I, I have games I want to get around to. But it's mainly like Greedfall on PS5 because I've just been getting jealous watching Chris play it and enjoy it. Actually, I teased play. I actually teased that uh, or teased myself with that the other day. I actually thought about downloading. Actually, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna download that right now. It's oh, it looks beautiful and it it loads a lot faster according to Chris, which is not surprising. Great game, I really enjoy it. Considering how many people got it for free. Well, Saul, you kind of ended up breaking into in the long run what I was gonna ask you. I think that the whole, I'll tell you right now, we don't have news. Um, literally, I just drove back this morning and got back as soon as Saul and Andrew over here hiding away got back. Uh, they got here as soon as I got back. Um, so I unloaded my stuff and we came in here and, and are good to go. Um, no news. So it's going to not be a normal episode. That's kind of just to work with Saul coming back anyway and then me have it being out. Um, so Saul, so I figured the way that we could kind of structure this episode is since you've been out for two months and you've seen little little bits of stuff here and there, even though you weren't super passionate for it, what have been the handful of things that have had your attention the, the entire time you've been out? We can kind of do this would be like a weird Saul recap episode um, to where we can talk about anything that's excited you. So really, or no, or just in general, like blue. Box. Not much. Um, actually, the first I want to say like the first couple of days that I because it was like four days. 
roughly that I went from like I had this pain in my back because I guess I should have started with what I happened was like I woke up at like 3 a.m. with a pain in my back and I, I describe it as like everybody has all at any point in their life has breathed in and got like a sharp pain for just a second and you're like oh what was that and it's gone I had that on my back for all for for hours and that's what started me so I think that the the first couple of days when I was like kind of in between doctors that was when Blue Box had started, like this whole thing. And you were immediately texting me about like Blue Box and I was looking into it. And I didn't care much back then because at that point it was it was almost there was too little evidence. But yeah, it, it was I, too nebulous. Yeah, it was too nebulous yeah. in what um it was. And it wasn't up until like the last month that has Blue Box really been I think it's been a combination of things. It's been Blue Box. It's been with the way Kojima's been tweeting. It's been with the way Jeff Keighley's been tweeting and Shuhei. And just a, it's, we were talking about Discord on Friday night. It's, it's, too, it's too much. It's, there's too much evidence on either side of it being real or fake. Yeah. And, that's what's, and that's what's kind of irritating um, at this point because it's gone on for so long. So I've been paying, I've been paying attention to that. Um, I've been paying attention to Blue Box for sure. And... Really, that's it. Like I, I want to say that like while I was kind of healing from the initial like trauma, I guess that my body had had it happen to it. Like a week after the blood clot kind of set, um, was the week of E three, and E three did not really kind of interest me at all. I was kind of in and out of E three for the most part, or it might have been that following weekend because I keep thinking E three was on a Thursday, but no, it was on a weekend, wasn't it? Like normal. Yeah. Yeah, it was the weekend right after that um, this all happened, which would have been the first weekend I missed. Um, and nothing really interested me in that regard, in a way. Like, Forza Horizon looks great, for because at this point, there was like only really Xbox that did much. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And in terms of E3 presentations, it was such an odd year where I almost think everyone should have... I think everyone but Microsoft should have skipped E3, and yeah. Microsoft should have just done their own event. Whatever you want to call it, yeah. Just be like, hey, we're we're doing a big reveal, but um, yeah, like not much from there. Like seeing um the teaser for Starfield was actually surprising, even though I I am not sure if it was a mistake or not. Um, because the game still seems to be too far out. Which it the teaser said eleven eleven twenty twenty two, so it's a, it's more than a year out at this point. Um, but yeah, like there's interesting stuff here and there that kind of happened that caught me. And then really not a whole lot of stuff like Pixel Remasters got announced for Final Fantasy, and I wish that those were on Switch. Which the way Square Enix has been lately, they will all oh, they will inevitably be on all consoles. It'll just it's a double. It's for people who like to double dip. That's why I haven't bought them yet on phone, because I know inevitably they will be on Switch and PlayStation. But really, like that's kind of been it. Um, Elden Ring excited me. Elden Ring's trailer looks yeah excellent. Elden Ring was the thing I was most excited for to talk about um, while I was gone. But other than that, yeah, like I've been, I've kind of removed from gaming in a weird way. In that sense, I should say, like I would still occasionally check Twitter and see what was going on there, and I would be in Discord almost every day, even if I was just um, lurking. But yeah, like I, I, like I said, I went back and I played some comfort games. Like I went through and I played through. 80% of Grand Theft Auto 5 story because just to get my mind off of things I went through and I played um, uh, let's see what else was there uh, Skyrim again uh, with heavily like modded and this, this Skyrim's more recent but um, yeah like that's honestly been kind of it like 
I'm really trying to think of what other stuff I've played. And it hasn't, it hasn't been a lot. I started up Dark Souls Remastered um, just two days ago, Friday night. Our weekly Sea of Thieves. Weekly Sea of Thieves, yeah. Something we got into while we were gone that I know Brett let y'all in on was Sea of Thieves. Pretty much on Friday and Saturday nights with the buddies, um, with the gang. And that's been really fun. <laughs> with the gang. Um, I almost wish, you, you know, technically, you're so close to a form of scooby-doo when you're doing like the treasure hunts on the island of sea of thieves it's like come on boys come on gang yeah <laughs> i almost wish that there was like a way to uh we were talking about that already doing like custom liveries in the boat where you could actually make it look like anything it would be interesting to see what someone would do with making like a um uh mystery uh why am i can't think of it's a mystery, mystery machine, machine? Yeah. yeah i, mean, I that seems wrong scooby-doo. but yeah that is correct yeah mystery so, machine livery for a boat so like what forza does like with a, with the way you can literally do like like yeah. layers of shapes mm-hmm. and like stuff yeah that'd be cool well even like and i wouldn't be surprised if forza, forza does it like gran turismo sport does gran turismo sport lets you like upload your own pictures and stuff into it so like at one point john had made like a, i want to say he made like a triangle squared livery for one of the vehicles it was pretty interesting i think i remember that actually that was like two years ago wasn't it yeah it's been a while um but yeah more games need that that's all i'm saying <laughs> yeah it does but uh yeah like the, the weekly uh sea of thieves has been fun that's something to look forward to um you know every friday and saturday night like we played last night but just for a little bit um didn't really do much um well i will say this you know we were talking about gold hoarders and like the way we were trying to outweigh the the Gold hoarders versus like the order, um, of souls. order of souls versus reapers to see like what the cash income was. Absolutely, gold hoarders. Gold hoarders in one voyage, we were level five. God, okay, yeah, yeah like, like it gave us enough maps in that one voyage to become level five, yeah, sure, and then sold everything for like 80k. And then like we played for like an hour and a half, like it was a very short night last night, uh, especially for me because I've been trying to get back to a normal sleep schedule on Fridays, um, but yeah. It's just, it's one of those interesting things that's, you know, my mind has been on my health and like that way. So like, I haven't really cared to play about like about games at all. And I guess at that point it was my much needed break from gaming in terms of a professional viewpoint, I guess. Like it wouldn't even be more of an enthusiastic or enthusiast viewpoint. It'd be more of like not work, but we've always classified that the podcast is not, it's in between like fun and work. It's not exactly, you know. It feels like there's there's stuff you have to do to do it at a certain level. It's just not hanging out and talking about things like we have said that it, it is. I mean, it is that at its core. Yeah. But there's other stuff that goes in behind the scenes to bring it up to a level that is presentable that is labor. Yeah, it's weird because I've like, you know, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I mean, I'll break the break the fourth wall for a second with it. it it's weird because sometimes I'll find myself like right before we're supposed to be doing the podcast, kind of getting like a weird anxiety. Like, ah, man, I don't even know if I want to do the podcast. It happens. And then we'll do it and I'll be fine. I'm like the whole time. I'm like, that was fun. I don't know why I was. So something not wanting to do it. Something that a lot of people, you know, we talked to, we had a hype con like two years, three years ago at this point, right? Mm -hmm. It'd be this year. would be the third year ago that we were a guest at hype con. And, um, that was the one that was actually like great because it was in a convention area and not like one of those at a rodeo. And we had people coming up to us that were asking for tips. And if there was one tip that I could give them that I learned that I did not from this day is that you, okay, there's always this opportunity to hang out with buddies and talk about games. 
and you never realize that opportunity is just for fun. But you ha- you are what is forced, quote unquote, to talk about games for an hour and a half against your will because it's scheduled. So like you may not. There are days like you don't feel like hanging out and talking about games, but you, you do it anyways for the podcast. Like cause what you know? Because if you feel like doing it tomorrow, well, guess what? Yeah, the podcast is late. So <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah. that's literally it. Is yeah. that is that you have to come prepared mentally? That's like you may not feel like talking about games, but you got to talk about games for like an hour and a half. You may not. You may want to do something else, or you may not want to do it. And that was, of course, why that I had to take a break from this to begin with. For me, is that like I, I was in no right state of mind to talk about games. I would have been just sitting here on the show, just being quiet, and I, I would have just not been, I'd not cared. And that's not how y'all would have wanted me, because like I, I, past like the second week, I was pretty much to a to like a I say pain level, but like the the initial pain was gone, and I'm pretty much as I am as I am now, where it's un, like a, a mild uncomfortableness in my back, but. Um, I would have still just not have cared about a single word that was said and would have been thinking the entire time, like, let's get this over with. I'm ready to get done with this kind of thing. Um, and that's, that's something that, you know, that that's the reason why I, I am just now back. Yeah. Which gives us a moment to segue into the, where's Chris? I thought we were going to try and do a Chris Brett and Saul episode. Well, it turns out. Yeah. That's why the, the thumbnail for those that have watched us on YouTube is for now in parentheses back to basics. Yeah, so the the basic plan is we did intend to have Chris on this episode. Yes. Chris's schedule did not work in such a way that we could pull it off the way that we were intending. So we know right now, and I've spoken with Chris, that next week is going to be our big everybody get back together. And that'll really act as the full-on transitional episode. Um, so get be ready for that. And uh, <coughs> send Chris a lot of love through that because what we're also trying to do, as we've mentioned, is find a way as best we can uh, to compromise enough on some areas to see if we can find a way to make Chris being a staple third in the show could happen. But there's a lot of things to consider in that Saul and I've been talking behind the scenes about it. Chris and I've been talking behind the scenes about it and what I really need to do. And I haven't had a chance to, since I was gone all weekend, I intended originally sometime yesterday to be able to reach out to y'all because I had the time. Yeah. I didn't have no the signal. cell signal yeah. and there's no wifi or anything. So, uh, I was out in the middle of the woods camping-ish. I was in a cabin, so it's not camping. but So fun. Uh, yeah, had a great time. But um, the basic plan is that we've got to get me, Chris, and Saul together in a, in a single area talking about it to see what we can do to make that happen. Um, so as we're kind of talking about now is that Chris is just an, he's an honorary Triangle Squared member. And it's just, can we make him able to be here can every we week? Make it work, yeah. We're, we're we're hoping for it, but we will for sure have at least a transitional episode with him, and hopefully even after that, you'll be seeing him. But we just got a lot of deliberation to do behind the scenes. And I'm not entirely too sure either um, that Brett wants this out there, but just as a plan ahead, um, there may be another hiatus. For but that's for the whole show. That's mm-hmm. where there may be two week transitional period where uh, we are. We have figured out what we're doing in terms of the audio video of the show and that we're going to come back as three members and we're going to have a new intro, new thumbnail layout, new video layout. And it'll be, you know, we've already had one what we call as a, as a transitional phase into this show. It went from the old room, which you guys remember, like episode one through 30 ish. 
Somewhere more, in there. More than that. Was it? We didn't move to, back here until like almost 100. Yeah, so it was, this studio <laughs> here was like yeah. a Christmas episode, and um, it was a Game of the Year episode talk, and that was when we had the brand new thumbnail, we had the brand new intro, and we had, of course, had the brand new set. Well, there's going to be a phase three to Triangle Squared, or potentially there'll be a phase three. <laughs> phase three. We're going to bring in a new hero. <laughs> yes. It's going to be Chris. And, and um, what, what, what is our names? Oh God! Yeah, you see, you made it a hero thing, so now we have to have a name for all of us. Oh, okay. Like, like we have to have a group name, and individual names. Okay, okay. So, what would be the Triangle Squared superhero group? Um, or would it be, or would it would just be the Nartex superhero group? The Pony Brigade. The Pony. Oh God! Because there's so many ponies. Okay, okay. The Pony, the the Pony Brigade, Brigade. Okay, Brigade. That's a weird word. I can be okay. Look, hear me out. I can wear a red like like leather trench coat <laughs> and a monocle, and I could be Sir Cloddington. And that's me. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> that's that's my superpower. Oh, uh, okay. I have a blood clot that talks to me. Yep. <laughs> Hear me out, and <laughs> and it gives me powers. And it they, they, adds your wallet with Xbox money. <laughs> yes. As we've now learned, my clot's name is Phil. <laughs> Phil Spencer is in his pocket. Uh, back pocket you could pull him out right now <laughs> yes but uh anyways uh we're, we're i won't, I won't have, give chris a name i don't want to do that yeah we got to let him come up with his own yeah i can't, can't speak thing. for him okay uh, so sir cloddington sir cloddington okay okay let's see um are, are, does it all have to be cirque like sir no that's just me because i'm gonna have a british accent with the monitor <laughs> good day <laughs> i was about to say give me your best british accent yeah all right, now I have to ask: of all of our British listeners, nope, you can please, judge it all you want. Please let please let me know how you felt about sauce. I can't do accents at Accent. all. Like, good day, mate. <laughs> Throw some shrimp on the barbay. That was actually an imitation of something. I can't think of the movie that's from. That's a that's a quote from a movie. What is that? Andrew uh, back here destroying stuff. Hold on, is Andrew part of this too? Like the guy that you never see on screen. Throw. Besides, when we call him dollar store, like. Uh, by the way. The, the shrimp on the barber thing is Tropic Thunder. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's Al Pacino talking to... Oh, well, no, it's, it's, it's also a Dumb I mean, and Dumber. Yeah. Oh, it's all in all sorts of stuff. Yeah, but yes. it's just the way that... No, it's one of the things... Yeah, you haven't fun. watched one of the greatest comedies Anyways, of our generation. Uh, so so we're going to have... <laughs> Andrew. We're going to have eventually a third phase transitional episode in which things will be a little different. Um, so we're, we'll, we'll talk more about that with Chris next week, whenever we can figure everything out the way we want it to. Um, you guys but, will probably hear some like live planning. Um, yeah. Like we've done before. I think um, everybody owes Chris a huge thank you. That's yes, all I'm throw absolutely. Out. And thank you, Chris. The show would not this, have happened. Yes. It would have been, didn't come it would have been a one man show or a two month hiatus. It would have been one of the two. Um, I, I tell you right now, it would have been a two month hiatus. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank you, Chris. Um, and and I told Brett this, like, and if Chris is listening, and if there's like the if the worst of worst, and nothing gets worked out, and we can't do anything, there's still going to be episodes where we're going to bring Chris along. And I told Brett I would like it that every milestone episode that uh, we do, or every quarter episode, so like two fifty, two, it wouldn't be two seventy five, I don't think. So it'd be every fifty episode, because every quarter episode. I mean, good two seventy five. Yeah, it'd be like a it'd be like a live stream, and like whether it's we're playing a game or we're just hanging out, and of course Chris is coming along, and we got to, and no matter what with those episodes, we'll make that work. Um, so something. Uh, but thank you, Chris. Everybody, give Chris a thank you in Discord, Twitter, uh, YouTube comments, you know, Facebook, of course, because we do have a Facebook uh, group. Um, but yeah, 
that is uh, that's something that we're going to get into more so next week. That is more of the meat and potatoes of like the future of the show because me and Brett don't even have the answer to that yet. Yeah, I mean, and we can't with we can't fully without having the considerations from Chris. Yes, so and we got to get that. Be patient with us, and we'll definitely fill you in. I think no matter what, you will have next week's transitional episode with Chris and Saul because before and this is just again peeking behind the curtain a little bit. We don't know what a three-man show for Triangle Squared entails. Entails what it looks like, what it feels like, and we may find that when we get all three of us together, we don't like it. it and may I not don't flow think well. that that's going to be the case. But we have to, we have to experience it. I don't want to, you know. I would hate to be like, all right, well, we found a way to make Chris work. Never get together and do an episode, and then do all these changes. Introduce him as a full time member and everything, and then and then find sucked. out that we don't like it because none of us like it. Yeah, something we've we've talked about before when we were talked out of it by the community was news and the way news works is, and that that's going to have to change um, because there's no way that we can do news with three people for every single thing that we do. There's an extra person that's adding time. And news just won't work. So what we're like the playful idea we're doing is like we're going to bring a topic of current news to the table. Each each of us will we'll pick something out and we'll talk about it amongst each other. So we are obviously not bringing two of the same thing. And yeah. then then that'll be you know most of the episode with so we're focusing on one of those that is one of the main topics. And it's it's weird, but it's it is something we've we've never done before. We've had three man podcasts and four man podcasts, but we've never had a three-man podcast that was a two-man podcast. So we're going to have to learn like exactly how that's going to work. And, you know, if you guys have ideas of what you might want to hear specifically from three different people, let us know. Cause that's something else we can keep into consideration. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that's it's, we're going to see how next week flows. And then based off of that versus scheduling versus, you know, layout and everything else in the world, it's a lot to consider, which is the other side of what I was talking about earlier of like podcast. There's more planning and professional stuff in podcasts than just, and getting together and, and chatting, and, yeah. yeah. All right, so Saul, coming back to a somewhat normal episode-ish thing. This is actually topical, too. Uh, so we know that we finally got, after a bunch of delays and a bunch of crap, we got the Blue Box Abandoned Real-Time Experience app update. Um, originally, it was supposed to hit on the 10th. Technical issues pushed it back. Um which I can kind of give you from the conspiracy, from the non-conspiracy side, technical issues pushed back a indie team and they wanted to wait until they had technical things figured out. They didn't delay it so much as they just put it out when it was finally fixed. All right. The conspiracy side of it went something like, Oh, it's, it's delayed from the 10th because originally PT came out on August 12th in 2014. So they're going to have it be fixed on August 12th in time for the what seven year anniversary yeah. of PT. And then that came and passed. So then it became, Oh, well, regardless of whether it's blue box being something related to silent Hills or Medicare solid or any of that, or PT, maybe it's just whoever it is, be it a indie studio or whatever is trying to get something out on Friday the 13th, which lo and behold did actually happen. Um, yeah, which was the same trailer that was up on Twitter for. But that's the problem. Three so days prior, for anybody who doesn't know, before the, the before the app was even supposed to go, they shared a little thing of "Are you ready?" and it showed a man in like some pleated, you know, pants walking yeah. on like a wooden floor with that's very dark, and then just that's it. Honestly, that was it. It's like three seconds of a guy walking across a frame, and that's that was a GIF. And then for the trailer, we got that, and then we but it had music to it, which was also. 
Very like reminiscent of Silent Hill, but at the same time, it was not. People thought it was. It was so reminiscent of it, but it was not. So here's the thing. I guess the first thing is, is let's give everybody a moment to ask. Chris and I are kind of Chris's team believe, and I don't want to misspeak for him, but as far as I know, he's he's been team believe. That might have changed after Friday. I barely got to talk to him Friday before I got out of cell range. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, about that in particular, I was team believe as well. But my team believe always tends on the fact that I just want it to be true. I don't actually care if it is or not. Uh, but I'm team believer. I want to, you know, I'm going to put a little faith in it and see what happens. Uh, Chris was, where have you been on this thing? Have you shifted a bunch? or Because I'm still team believe. So where are you at? Where were you and where are you at after this trailer? Well, when, we first, when you first started texting me about it and I was looking into it, I was a team skeptical because it was not enough tangible evidence that this was, in fact, Kojima. There was a lot of weird oddities, though, with it that was certainly, you know, it was enough to, like, think, okay, well, this is this is interesting enough for it to hold my attention through this, all through here, through yeah, this time, sure. for two months now. Sure. But it's not, it wasn't something that I was like, this is 100% sure Kojima, or, or even I have a thought that I have now, and my thing is still team believe. And my reasoning behind that is all hinging on two things. One is that Corporations such as Sony, Konami, and Kojima himself have not spoken out against this. They're, like even with like the Cyberpunk scandal, Sony made a statement on it. Now that was a little bit bigger of a scandal in mind than this, but like I have a feeling that Sony would not let their indie studios mess up this badly if this was not something that is more grandeur than this. Um, even Shuhei Yoshida is tweeting at it. And somebody tweeted at him saying, what is this? Do you know? And he's like, I have no idea. And he's the president of the Indies. And he's a chairman. He's a, he, has, he has a chair on the board of presidents as well. So it's, it's one of these things. It's like, you do though. Like, right? Like, you're just telling us this because there's no way you as a company gave this little itty bitty studio all of this um, publicity and a, and a once in a lifetime thing because there's no other studio has had an app like this. Um, for nothing. You had to have seen something. Yeah, for something that you don't even know about. Now, whether or not yeah. it has anything to do with Kojima or Konami, right. you still think that whatever their game is that you're claiming to not know. Yeah, you know something because you wouldn't give a random indie developer wouldn't show up to your door with nothing and you give them all this. I refuse to believe and, that. And it'd be like, yeah, we're going to partner with Yeah, you. they are a yeah. company. They have money to invest and they have money to waste in companies that would just show up randomly. So that has to be has to be something bigger than this. If it's not, well, Sony, you you misstepped so hard into the wrong direction that that's really bad on you. Um, well, see, I, but I want to go back to what you said because I agree. I think that across the board, the biggest amount of damning evidence has been that nobody, nobody has nobody connected up. to any of the things that are part of this conspiracy theory, which is Konami with Silent Hills and Metal Gear Solid being theirs. Which you know, the Metal Gear Solid bit of it came whenever the there was a, a thing added where it looked like there was a face with an eye patch on it. And the way that it the way that it's written was like literally the way Metal Gear Solid has um the same font with the, the, a caption behind it that is blurry. Yeah. And then that but this one you can't actually read. So when you're looking at that, that became a thing. So the fact that Konami have not at a single point in time come out and been like these ha- these people have zero to do with us or our IP. And here's the re- here's the thing. You know why Konami wouldn't say anything? Is if they've licensed this out to PlayStation and it's just up to PlayStation to do all this and come out, 
But also, across the board, Konami, who own the IP in being in question here, have not done anything to denounce it. Sony, being the partnering publisher, or whatever you want to call it for this game, it looks like it is publisher from what they're saying. Sony, I, to my knowledge, have never partnered with an indie and then not published the game. If I'm wrong, someone let me know, because I would like to see an example. Uh, but I can't think of any, because Sony's very specific about the way that they do things, and that's not changed much. This could be the first time. Um, and the fact that Kojima, who is being brought up in this left and right, has yep. not gone on to say nothing to do with me. If this was me, especially with the launch of um, Death Stranding Director's Cut coming up next month, which I'm, I hope everybody's excited for because I sure am. Um, that's, this is like not great publicity on your end because even people who think it's Kojima are like, all right, Kojima is getting old now. So he would, he's getting his name slandered for something he's not doing, right? Which... You got to think, like, if, if so, I would be like, no, this is not me. Y'all stop bringing me up in this. Yeah. But he's not. And it's because he knows the outcome, right? Like, if, if this is really him, he knows that the reactions to what this really is is going to be so much hype that it's going to erase all that. Oh, when it, yeah. When it finally hits. That this is Silent Hills or, or Metal Gear Solid or whatever it is. Yeah, I will say this. Let, let's back up and look at one thing that I didn't, that doesn't make sense to me. And this is, again, evidence toward why I think it has to be something more. You're telling me that this app, which is just for trailers, and a trailer that's a video file, was delayed. If this was an indie studio and they were having these big issues and they didn't know what was going on and the video file's done, at some point, definitely with what it ended up being, if I were that indie studio, it would come down to, this is just the introduction trailer. We're going to go ahead and post it to YouTube. But every other video that we do, once we know what's going on here, is going to be exclusive to this app. Yeah. We won't release it officially anywhere else. And that's the solution for it being three days late. That would I, I think any reasonable person would have landed on that. Because otherwise, like before... When people were saying that you were going to, and I like the idea, right? Again, team believe because I liked it. I would have, it would have been cool for it to happen. Yeah. Is that the reason that this was delayed is to get it out on the 12th. And then when you open it up on the 12th, it's actually just PT in a different app. So it's going to be called abandoned, but you open it and then you start in the hallway and you're like, whoa, that would have been amazing. It right? would have been. Or like, or like. And yeah. that would have made sense as to why they didn't just post a video on YouTube because it's just a video. You know what would be really cool is that if a band, if this trailer here, this four second video. Uh, which was five gigs, by the way, as an update. <laughs> but like, if it's if every trailer is like, so you have this pan of him walking, right? You see pants, but every pan, every trailer after that is the same amount of time, but it's panning upwards, and eventually you see him open the. This is a front porch because it's like a wood front porch, and you see him and the blue lights of moonlight, and you see him open the door, and it's the door to the house in PT. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but I have one other thing to bring up real quick that I that I was going to bring up a second ago was. Somebody has this image floating around. Somebody made an image, and it is uh, about how Blue Box is a scam. And it goes on to list like six projects, and it's all—they all essentially they say at the very end is that like the, the project was indefinitely delayed, and nothing ever came of it. So let me ask you this: Some random person on the internet found that. Do you not think that if Sony could not find out that information themselves, they did not invest this much time and effort into something that they they don't know? It's a thing. And they wouldn't give them this special app and all this stuff if they had done this before multiple yeah. times and flaked out on. Unless Sony is just 
that incompetent when they are coming to find out or like who they choose to give indie access to in this regard. Um, well, let's see, but let's take a look and say how weird the situation really becomes, right? Uh -huh. So, what would let's because uh, I know what you're talking about. So, anybody who doesn't know, starting as far back as 2015, every project they put out has had a Kickstarter related to it, and it would gain some money, and then at some point in the Kickstarter, the Kickstarter would be closed, yeah. because they received private funding. And then the game would go on to just be indefinitely delayed and basically canceled. And then wash and repeat, they did it again with two games the next time. And then, then they, they had two mobile games that they announced. And again, I don't know where this information is being checked at, but if we're assuming the information that we're hearing is right, true. Right, if we're assuming this graphic is true. Yeah, then two mobile games were announced and both canceled. And then the only game that Blue Box does have any kind of relation to is that Blackwater. Uh, hold on, let me see if I can find it real quick. You know what I'm talking about, Saul? No, I'm just getting more fresh air with Kojima tweets. <laughs> He's been counting down to something, and we don't know what. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it, it, it must not be Blackwater. I don't know why I can't think of what it's called. It's something water. Um, I don't know. The Haunting Bloodwater. Oh, is it Bloodwater? Well, I've read that wrong this entire time. I thought it was like The Haunting The Rhythm. Haunting Bloodwater Curse. It's an Curse. early access game from developer CreateQ Interactive and publisher CreateQ Interactive. And what the story we're hearing behind the scenes is, is that for some reason, some way, Blue Box had a hand in this to begin with, and then it was passed on to CreateQ for whatever reason. Yeah. But like at the same time, here's my thought. I've that always looks fantastic. Yeah, it does. I've always thought. <laughs> I've always thought this. This studio, Blue Box, and what was left of it has been bought out by Sony. You could imagine being this guy Hassan, or even this actor who's playing Hassan or whatever. You could imagine like you're the studio who's failed all these projects and you take money, right? Mm -hmm. Sony comes to you and says, "We want all your the names to all your your rights and everything, ten grand." You're and that's like, it. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I'll do that. So you have so that people can find dirt on this and think, okay, this is stuff that, like, but in reality, it's not. It is stuff that, of course, has been um, failed, but it's not. It's this is not really them, because my thought process is because we keep getting mixed signals on what the game is. The first game, the first thing we see is Silent Hill esque. All the data beforehand kind of linked more towards Silent Hill than anything else, and then the next thing we see is, of course, Metal Gear Solid. This next thing we see is actually um, is what looks to be like, you know, of course, Metal Gear Solid. It goes back into a theory I've had for a very long time now, is that Bluepoint is working on software that is an emulation of their older games. And so, and so far, the things that we've been wanting, people have been wanting the most has been a Bluepoint Metal Gear Solid remake and Silent Hill to come back in some form, whether it's Konami, Kojima, something. Yeah. So I'm curious, is this, and this is what I said in Discord like three weeks ago, I still stand by this. I still think that this is Blue, Blue Point. And that what this really is, is Blue Point announcing two projects at once. So Team Believe for you really means that you just believe it's not really Blue Box. Yeah, there's no way this is really Blue Box. And that this is some kind of actual indie survival horror game. Yes. And, well, no, no. I believe that this is Blue Point doing a remake. Well, yeah. That's, two different remakes. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I actually came with, and there's actually some things that go towards that. So they're located in Wales, if I remember correctly, uh, or, or somewhere around there. And if I remember correctly, even though I'm not remembering exactly where it was, the same place that that studio is based out of, Kojima uh, opened a satellite studio for Kojima production, Productions. So what this could be, kind of like you're saying, whether it's a partnership with Sony and Sony spent the money or if Kojima spent the money initially, if all it was was Kojima wanting to get over the Ruse Cruise idea and make it harder than it was last time. Because one of the things that we keep bringing up is that PT, Kojima was both, he enjoyed the fact that people were able to get together and solve it so quickly, but he also was like, I thought this was going to be weeks or at least a week before everybody figured out that PT was going to be beatable and to the point where you end up getting that. I know I've seen that too, <laughs> but somebody, well, somebody, the way they phrased it was, um, for those that don't know, Hideo Kojima tweeted out a picture of his Sony Walkman and it's, uh, it's a path volume two by apocalyptica. And somebody says odd that track 10 on this CD is the same song you used in the, or the same song that was used in the abandoned teaser cult. And no one has made that connection yet. Even funnier is that you were listening to that exact same song on your blue Sony box. That was the final clue before getting more answers. <laughs> well, see, this is the dumb. This is like, okay, you know what? This is obviously a, a Walkman, a Sony Walkman. But is this the actual song that was in that cheat teaser? Because if it see, is. And I don't know. It's, it's so easy for people to just say something online and then you go, okay. If it is, th- th- there's, th- that, doesn't, that doesn't happen. These kind of coincidences do not happen. Yeah. It's impossible. Now, unless Kojima's just messing with us, which is possible. But I also don't think Kojima's the person to just to mess with somebody with no end result. Yeah. I think that if Kojima's messing with you, there's, a, there's so, something to happen. Let, let's, let's, let's quickly suss this out, right? This is April 7th. This is the original teaser. Let's hear it real quick. Is it called Cult, though? Well, I, I think Cult is the song from Apocalyptica, not the name of the trailer. All right, so let's look at this real quick. I'm going to sound hound this, too. All right. So there's a droning sound in the back. Riveting, I know it. It sounds like the Game of Thrones intro, like violin starting in the back. Mm. We've seen more in this teaser than we have at all. But also, these are all pre-made assets. It's all pre-made assets. All and right. For those that don't know what that is, they bought this. Like, so look, this is a this is a trailer they bought of game assets, very similar to what that eye patch man was. That eye patch man in like one of theirs that's that's blurred that has a Gaussian blur on it that says abandoned. That is, of course. A, 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 an asset you can go buy like uh, it's like what I did for my Saw Plays intro that was a song I bought I didn't make that I went and bought that you can go buy these video game assets such as tree packages uh, forest packages and stuff and that's what this is alright so Saw you said it was track 10 on this album correct and it was uh, the, the song Kojima listening to was Path yeah this was called Coma hold on but was Kojima listening to Path or Path Part 2 Path Volume 2 okay, well there goes Path that's so, but if, if you said the song was called Coma, either way, right? 
No, it's the Tin Thuck song. I don't know what it's called. Okay, well, let's go back. Let's do Path Volume 2. Yeah, odd that track 10 on this CD is the same song that was used in the Abandoned Teaser Cult, and no one has made that connection yet. All right, so now we're going to figure out what this is. So Path Volume 2 is a song by... It says, not cult, but the song... And I'm saying cult is in like C-U-L-T. Sure. Uh, but that is, the name of the, uh, that is the name of the album. The track is called Coma, track 10. It is a loop with a bit more bass in the same track. Okay, so yeah, cult is the original. So let's go back here, and we're going to listen real quick. We're sussing this out. We got to know. All right, so Apocalyptica, Coma. Let's get a quick listen to this. I right, see. That's the problem. Is if it's just that violin, like, is that? Yeah, but you should be able to pick up on. Oh, that. Oh, is, yeah, that is one hundred percent. Yeah, I was. I was about to be so doubtful. It's slowed down a little bit in the actual trailer because that, that's that same like that that very. I can't think of what that's called. Basado is that what deep violin is? Anyways, um, it's very similar to like the beginning yeah, of that's, Game of that's, Thrones. Yeah, I also am believing that that is the same song from this trailer. Uh, which so, leads which us to... more crap that is piling on top of this thing actually being something more than just an indie game. And, and Team Believe, Team Believe for me, like that, that phrasing, because what I've seen is Team Believe and Team Fake, team or Team Real. Team Real is that it's a real indie game. Team Believe is that it's a, they believe it to be something Okay, higher. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe it to be something more. I believe and it to be I something just, more. They have yet to do anything that makes me. If anything, everything they do steeps it in more confusion. Yeah, it's just I don't. And if it's not something they do, it's something Kojima does. Like that tweet that you're referencing about him on his Walkman is is like recent. It's, it's like a couple days ago. It's part of a countdown too. Yeah. Something somebody has pointed out, and this is getting in almost into the real nitty gritty, is that the time everything on this Watchman is, or Walkman is viewable, including the time, and the time on this one is nine fifty four. But if you go to one, actually, where... Got to go to Kojima's. Yeah, that's what I mean. If, I, if you go here and you go down, you'll, he'll, you'll see another Walkman like, like picture that he's taking a picture of what he's listening to. Um, by the way, I really want a Walkman, but they are way too expensive. Dude, yeah, because they're like a premium product now. They're like yeah. 800 bucks. It may not be that high, but... No, they're, you're, they're, you're they're, not far off of actually... Like, yeah, they're really like gold-plated and stuff. Saul's a... If you go down, is 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 pretty far down. <laughs> he, he, he keeps coming. He puts a low roar thing on there, but that's low roar was the actually is that the death training game? One right? of, yeah. No, but there there it essentially is a countdown, and actually nine might be the first. Um, this is from the sixth, but um, it's essentially like it, it's nine fifty four. 854 was literally the next screenshot. He said then seven fifty four, then six fifty four is what we're on now. Like it's literally a countdown, like nine, seven, like, and that's not intentional. Hold on, every day? No, it's not every day. And look, as of the as of as of the the seventh anniversary, he's been retweeting all the stuff that people have been giving on about PT. I've never seen that happen before. Mm. Mm. But I'm trying to see. Look right here, six fifty four. That's what I think we're currently at in terms of the Walkman countdown. Because there's 6.54. What day was that posted? Um, the 12th. Okay. So but let's see. It's like it's we're getting deeper and deeper into like this. That dumb, would, it, you would hit zero on the 19th, which is when there's a rumored state of play for Sony. There's 8.54. I skipped seven. And then, you, of course, you go all the way back to the thing we were just looking at. 9.54. And it's 9.54. 
It's a countdown. <laughs> There's no absolute way he is just picking <laughs> these weird times to put videos up that happen to be 9.54, 8.54, 7.54, 6.54. There's absolutely no way. There's th- That, on top of the coincidences with everything else, that's just 100% impossible. All right, well, here we are. This is where we are with uh, specifically PT. So I'm going to ask you a secondary question real quick, and then we can do whatever you want to do to round out the rest of the show. Um, did you see that Rockstar, we're not technically Rockstar, Take-Two, uh, the parent company of Rockstar, say they have three games coming? Yeah, the three remasters that are going, well, Auto. That's what you think, but it depends on how they're viewing this. So they said they had three games that are coming where they're re-releasing, basically, uh, old games in a new form. So it's either all three of those that they were talking about just got revealed all at once, but here, and I didn't actually look into it. I should now. Are those Grand Theft Auto games individual purchases, or are they a collection? I have no clue. I just saw like through uh, IGN, GameSpot, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like Kotaku and other news outlets that San Andreas, Vice City, and Three. Yep, I think are all all being HD remade. Yeah, and for apparently Switch, being in Unreal as well for and the it, all all systems. Yeah, but but switching for whatever. I, yeah, for whatever reason, one of them kept saying Switch is like the console. I'm like, why are they focusing so heavily on Switch? That's weird. Yeah, it's being un- remade in Unreal because they've talked about like when they were trying to bring it to phone, they had to remake it in different ways because they couldn't bring the original source code over. But let's still say, let's assume if we are right now that that Gran Turismo or Gran Turismo, what in the heck, that Grand Theft Auto is uh, still car related, um, is only one of the three. What would you want the other two to be? Because you like a lot. I think you like more Rockstar games than I do. I have. Do I? Answer, but. You might, you might not. I might be putting something on you that's not true. I was gonna say, I, I, the, the first time I ever played a Grand Theft Auto like uh, storyline was five. Really? Yeah, I've just always goofed off in those games. I played a little bit of, of San Andreas. San Andreas, I played in terms of story. I played a lot of San Andreas though. Yeah, San Andreas, I think is the most I played of a video game before I was like twenty than any other game in the world. <laughs> um, I, I I couldn't tell you. I, I the, honestly the, the maybe oldest, I do like more. What to be fair? Here's the thing: it can be two K I mean, games. It could be. It could be. It could be something from two K. It could be like Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption, mm-hmm. um, the original, um, Vice City. I would say, and San Andreas would be the three that made the most sense to me because San Andreas and Vice City are two like poster children for Grand Theft Auto. I don't consider three one. I think three ends up being one by nature of it being what revolutionized the sandbox open world genre. Maybe, but like in terms of like, I don't hear anybody asking for a GTA three remaster. I hear Vice City and San Andreas. I hear San Andreas the most. Yeah, sure. Which is weird because that's why people were hyped on five because like five was coming back to having an option for it. <laughs> yeah. Watch just sent me a picture of my cat just chilling. But um, okay, well I'm gonna give mine because I didn't give them last week. I don't think so. At least uh, Midnight Club LA. Actually, I think uh, Chris ended up talking about this. Midnight Club LA is an excellent game. I never played those games. Uh, I abs- and I don't even like any of the other Midnight Club games. That's the weirdest part about it. I had Midnight Club 2 on PC. Couldn't stand that game. Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition just felt like worse need for speed to me at the time. Because uh, it came out after Underground 2 did. I think right, maybe in between Underground 2 and Carbon. Or uh, uh, Most Wanted. Uh, anyway. Uh those games I never cared for until then, and then that one was just so good, start to finish, every version of it. So that's definitely one of those. Um, 
I would say Grand Theft Auto 4 makes the most sense. Grand Theft Auto 4 and, uh, I, at least in my opinion, I think Grand Theft Auto 4 and Red Dead make the most sense. But uh, Chris had mentioned he thought it might be... It's funny, he ended up being kind of ish right, but not really. He thought it was going to be Liberty City Stories and Vice City Stories. I could see that because those are handheld games, weren't they? Yeah, and they never ended up coming to anything yeah. else. I forgot about Grand Theft Auto 4. <laughs> I just completely forgot about it. I did not like Grand Theft Auto 4. I didn't much. either. Grand Theft Auto uh, 4 was the game that made me fall in love. Has it been series. confirmed, though, that it's, it's, the, it's the 3? Or is that, just, is that so heavily rumored at this point that it's just what people are running with? What do you mean, the 3? The Vice City, what? San Andreas, and... and three? three? Grand Theft Auto 3? Yeah, it's, it's been confirmed it's all three of them. Okay. Being remade in Unreal with consideration for old and new graphics to try and keep some of the look alive to the games. That's kind of cool. Vice City had a cool world. I like the soundtrack in Vice City. Uh, San Andreas just did everything better though. The story was better. The I hated Vice City story because it was literally Miami Vice with Scarface. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Vice, uh, San Andreas story was amazing. The soundtrack was better. The world was better. The world was also massive for the time. God, and the is. and the RPG elements of that game people often forget about. The fact that you can get bigger and more muscular. I actually like that more than any. Uh, you know, for as much as they've done this, I almost want to argue that the RPG elements in San Andreas are in a way more RPG focused than some of the ones in Red Dead 2. <laughs> yeah. Because like literally if not, they're comparable yeah, 20 years apart or whatever. I think it, was. it I think it goes to show you what they've done 15. or like what they've accomplished. Yeah. Because, you know, for me it's just that's why I spent so much time in that game. That was the first Grand Theft Auto game where I was I didn't have much to play and I powered on my PS2 and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna play this game like a person. Like, I would drive around like normal, I'd go get food, I'd go work out, and then I'm like, I'm going to get real muscular. So, like, I'd just spend time working out. And then and then when I wasn't doing that, of course, I was just doing cheat codes. And, like, the bike bunny hop cheat code is, like, the best graphic where, where you can, like, basically E.T. fly? Yes, like, yeah. where it's, like, a two-story bunny hop, and, like, you could just do that over and over again. Oh, man. It was it was the best. I had a ton of fun with San Andreas. And I remember back whenever the PSP games were coming, Liberty City Stories is actually a fantastic game. Uh, Vice City Stories was okay. I didn't like it as much. It, it Gameplay-wise, it was a little bit better, but the story slipped I think, up. I think Vice City Stories is better than Vice City. Um, probably. <laughs> uh, but... Same world, you know, interesting, yeah. interesting world, uh, which is also true of Liberty City. You're not City. Tommy Versetti in um, Vice City Stories, are you? No. Aren't no. you um, I can't remember Luke? The, I can't remember the cat's name. He's a black guy who's in the military, at the be- I think, at the beginning. Is his name Luke? I don't remember. Dead honest with you, I don't remember. But... I don't remember it being a prequel. That's interesting. Vic. Vic. Okay, yeah. Vic I, Vance. Yeah. I didn't remember begin- it being a prequel. Yeah, he's, um, I thought it was Luke Vance, but yeah, Vic Vance. He's in the beginning of... Um, if I remember correctly, isn't he, the, isn't he in the very beginning of Vice City? It has been so long since I played Vice City. I don't been the same. So I don't even want to speak strongly about it because I just don't know. Um, but San Andreas, I played a ton as well. And I remember thinking at the time on PSP, I was like, ah, it sucks that they didn't do a San Andreas stories. Because I was like, I just wanted the, I wanted the same map. I wanted to be able to run around. And then I don't know what it was. 4 came out and disillusioned me and I didn't care about the series anymore. Dude, 4 to me is like... I'm trying to think of a game. There's games like this, but they just put like a gray filter on, and it's just that. And like the four was just so gray scaled to me. Well, wasn't that a problem across the whole industry back on 360? You know, you remember 360 and PS3 were getting really hit because games were just green and gray all the time. See, I and it was like, like Fallout. 
it was part of the thing. Like, well, Fallout looked that way. All the Call of Duties looked that way. Resistance 1 looked that way. Gears of War had the benefit of having a lot of red splashes around, but it was still a pretty drab game in terms of color palette. Uh, it, if it wasn't for the blood, that game would have been just as drab as everything yeah, else. Yeah, like, look at this screenshot of 4 mm-hmm. and then 5. Yeah. There's like a filter on it. Well, it's and also lighting. Just well, yeah. Generally, well, lighting I mean, light. is so much better in like in, as as like a lighting filter. In five, but I mean, because lighting also came a long way in between those two games. Yeah, and it may not be gray. The more I'm looking at it, it's more like a tan, a tan filter. It almost reminded me of like a sepia filter, but not yeah. as strong as like an actual uh, sepia filter. But everything has this kind of yellowish orange yeah which i think it's like i think they're trying to replicate the golden hour look and it just fails it does you, ever heard, you, I mean, you know about photo, yeah so you photography know blue hour yeah. gold hour yeah dude that's, yeah. that's like people love that look but i don't know if that's a look that you can keep up consistently at the time of what technology was for ps3 and um 360 anyway you know yeah and honestly the the, the world was fine like like uh new york or whatever was kind of done well it was definitely done better but more memorable than three Three was I think three is the worst Grand Theft Auto game they ever made. Three is not a fun game to me. It had some of the very it obviously was the transition and that was why. Um, but like I played I played through I actually like the world map for that, but I guess it's a, it's very nostalgia driven, if I'm being honest. It has to yeah, it has to be at this point because I like that's almost why I think like I I have a feeling if I go back to San Andreas, I'm not I have a good enough time with it. Like <laughs> I think. Well, you know, I was talking about Liberty City Stories and how I love that game. What was interesting is that I guess maybe you could consider it there, but Liberty City Stories also had the thing of where I could not believe that they could even do a full scale Grand Theft Auto game on a handheld. And PSP did it. And PSP did it. And like really early on in PSP's life. So maybe that's what it was is that I already had nostalgia. Uh, Chinatown Wars. Chinatown. Yeah. I don't know. Where where does it take place? I I guess uh, its own Chinatown area. That game ended up coming to PSP as well. It was a DS game. It was a DS game and then it released for PSP later. I want to see what this looks like. Chinatown. It's a top down. So it's actually kind of going back to the OG Grand Theft Auto. Oh, yeah. That's actually kind of an attractive art style, too. It's not really top-down. It's, it's almost like third-person isometric. Isometric, yeah, but yeah. it's like cel-shaded. Yeah. That actually looks really good for like a DS game. Yeah, and then when they ported it over to PSP, it just was it looked a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it had those thick black outlines, uh, which a, is uh, one of the things I loved about the console version of Far Cry 3. On PS3 and Xbox, uh, they had... Due to just the nature of trying to work with the game, they found that it made the game look better to thickly outline everything in black. But when you play the new version of it on PS4, like it looks better, but I kind of miss that art style. Because it made 2 and 3 look very different, and I kind of like the idea at the time of every Far Cry game looking vastly different from each other, which is not the way that the series has actually gone on to be. There's uh, a Driver game. It's Driver 3 for G- Game Boy Advance. That was like what Grand Theft Auto wanted to be. No, that's not it. What is what, it? Th- what Grand Theft Auto wanted to I be? I mean, what it wanted to be Grand Theft Auto. I mean, um, on Game Boy Advance. Yeah, you're it was telling me Driver that you were two. you could walk around in a 3D. Yes, and steal cars and drive by cars. Right, now I don't even know what this is. I got to see this in person. So you had damage and felony, and like, let me see if I can see like what you look like when you're walking around. Like, like look at the little people walking around. Oh my, oh my. And like your little arrow above your name. Like, I mean, instead had this game. <laughs> It was awful, obviously. But for its time... It's kind of impressive that they were able to pull that off. Well, hold on. What does it look like in motion? Yeah, not good. Does it? Is it like almost scan line where like you see it like each block as it goes through? 
I hated that in games back in the day when it would. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, like it was. It was something like as a kid because I, I was in like fifth grade when I had this game. I think you were just impressed that someone could pull it off on a handheld. Yeah, I was just playing it to like uh, to like I was playing on the bus, and I remember somebody saying like behind me on the bus, like, "Is that Grand Theft Auto?" I'm like, "No." But like, this is literally like. Oh, that's rough. It is, but Ooh. on a screen, you know, this big back in like 2002. So now we owe it to actually look at how crazy Liberty City Stories PSP looked. Because when you look at the fact that Game Boy Advance, when did that game come out? O three, O two, probably O one. If I had to guess, let me find out. Now look, this is not perfectly fair because this is the game technically run, rendering in 1080p. But if you think about the fact that this is a 1080p screen, so if you were blowing up to 2000. 480p of uh, the PSP or the 240p three, I can't even remember what the PSP was. But either way, this is the original game just blown up. For those, can that, you believe? Why, why doesn't everybody else show us this, uh, a game that they uh, they played way back when that they can't believe looked better than it did? Like, I want you to take your nostalgia goggles off, and I want you to uh, uh, nostalgia goggles off. This looks amazing for actually, a PSP that, game. That could be the community's take next week if you want. What game did you think looked better? Now that as an adult, you've revisited, and you're like, well, that game looks like all, that game looks awful. God, boy, I got you know what I got to give it. Shout out to uh, I think Rockstar Leeds ended up handling this. I actually can't remember which team. Which, if so, I think Rockstar Leeds might be who's doing the new upports of. Well, now I got to find out uh, who made it. But, but yeah, one one community's take question next week we could do is is what game has nostalgia goggles affected you the most on? What game uh, did you think looked amazing, but then only to go back and think, oh, this game's awful? Because I'd be interested to hear. Yeah, Rockstar Leeds and Rockstar North were the people that made well, this. I knew Rockstar North did something with it. I didn't know what, though. Yeah, dude, but that's just, regardless of what you say, the fact that, when did when did Liberty City Stories come out to? Let's look at that. 2004? I think it was four or five. 2005. Five. All right, and you said that game came out in? 2000. 2000. Okay, well, then, to be fair, five years in gaming is a lot. It is. Mm. Fair enough. I'll give it to you, Driver 2. Yeah, but also they, they, did, they were they were and very, also on what you were on you know for what device you were running yeah, on yeah they were very you uh, pulled off some stuff but I'm gonna also tell you right now then again though, Rockstar leads pulling off this game and also having the incredibly fun multiplayer for this I used to just get with my friends like Seth too um, Saul's brother uh, we would get together link up and then you had the whole city to explore the two of you together and you could just go around get on rooftops and stuff and we'd be playing like hide and seek snipe out look at how um look at how good this game looks though oh the uh spyro it, season ice and fire yeah that game looks phenomenal for a game boy Vance. it game. actually does which it's it's smart art style yeah you know but yeah dude honestly how much this looks like grand theft auto 3 is not even better this is this is amazing chain of memories also looked flawless like like the art style for chain of memories is one of uh, my beautiful favorites, for, yes. especially for yeah, game boy yeah. like on the game boy Vance. i played on the game boy Vance micro which was shout out <laughs> the best Game Boy Advance iteration there is. Uh huh. Thankfully, the micro. Well, hold on. Did the micro have a backlit screen? It did. Absolutely. It? I yeah. thought so. Because, dude, can you imagine trying to see something on that screen? Yeah, small screen. Woo. Uh, I will tell you though. I have. I became super disillusioned with the SP. Like a few years after it came out, I was like, "This is a terrible design." 
This is uncomfortable. It hurts my hands even back then when I wasn't a fully grown person. The yet. SP was like, it was super cool as a kid to have like a device that was like a laptop. And it was easier to take care of because, boy, my Game Boy Advance's screen was but rough. Even then, like the, the SP scratched like crazy. It I did. remember like like just the top of it. And I used to take, I, I've always taken care of my electronics. I, it just had like the little scratches all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, Bad plastic screens and like not even like good plastic, like soft plastic. That would just, yeah, get all scratched up. Yeah. Well, it just my hands cramp trying to play it now. Andrew bought one, and when I put it in my hand, I thought, "What?" See, I don't think I'd have a problem with it now because it's essentially like. Well, Andrew also bought the the Game Boy Advance, that white Game Boy Advance. That would and be, dude, that is so comfortable. It is. That yeah. is so much more comfortable than the SP was. What you got, Andrew? What? Oh, did you play? So for Andrew's birthday, I got him a Pokemon ROM hack on an actual thing. It's Pokemon Orange. One downfall. What is it? What? What? Oh boy, I'm gonna yell at them. Uh, you might have to change out the C battery then. Your boy's gonna get somebody. You shouldn't have to. Mm. And then no, it just it's, crashes. It's, it's probably it's probably a bootleg Chinese battery because that's where mm. that's probably where the game came from, right? Oh uh, yeah, it definitely. Yeah, is. absolutely. You probably should change it to an American battery or at least a higher quality battery. Interesting. Yeah. Ah, well, that's unfortunate. People, this has been uh, a nice return to form episode. I don't think we really have much else to go on. Yeah, I think it's fun. Yeah. I mean, um, it's we, we one of those that we've hey, talked Andrew, about. Andrew, come in camera frame real quick in so the, we can see you. In the past. Look. Bang, bang. There goes Andrew. Now, one thing you may notice about Andrew is he's impeccably short. <laughs> I was going to say that Brett is almost as tall as him while he's sitting down. <laughs> Hold on. Let me actually. Okay, there we are. Look at that. <laughs> Hold on. Now I got to do. Hold on. Don't feel bad, though, because of Corey. Corey is about your height. That is true. Corey, if you're listening to this, I also love you. I haven't talked to you in a little bit. Oh, boy. It's okay. Six Andrew, feet of man meat. We love you, buddy. But uh, we love you guys as well. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to episode 224. We have you know, brought it up what we're going to do next week. I don't terms- believe this. Real quick, sorry. In terms of, uh-oh. Sly Cooper 5 is in development, says leaker. No, that's... Hey, I, I don't believe it at all, but I will tell you, I, I would absolutely love that to be true. That's been posted now for like a week. Um, a maybe notable not, leaker. I wonder who it was. Maybe not on Screen Rant, but I'm so sick of leak culture and people are like, yeah, I know what's going to happen. No, you don't. Canadian guy A reports Never several potential them. leaks suggest a, a Sly Cooper 5 is in development. Now, here's the bigger question. Oh, yeah, hold on. Who I'm, would be making it? I'm going to start holding leakers. By, hold on. By someone. <laughs> I'm going to start holding leakers accountable. Um, somebody posted something in our Discord um, not too long ago, and it may be too much to scroll back to find it, but they like they leaked something for the next day, the Sony Play thing. I'm going to call them out on stream by name uh, or episode because I'm sick and tired of leakers that are like, yeah, Sony Play is going to be tomorrow. Well, do you remember this has been like five years ago, and actually you may not, but I know Seth would have and maybe Andrew. I, I don't think you were going to lunch with us back then. You might have heard us talking about it at dinner. But there was a Sly Cooper 5 leak for PS4 way back, and it was actually a great design because if I remember right, the cane was five like they used the cane as like the bottom part of the five and it was a cool logo of course those cowards delete their tweet i can't find, figure out who it is if, if i want to start like anytime i see somebody that's like stay a place tomorrow here's what it's going to be i'm going to screenshot it and i'm going to have a call out hour every episode and i'm just going to call you out by name um, yeah but to round off the episode we're going to end it like we normally do you guys can always find us on twitter at triangle sqrd at patreon at patreon.com slash nartech 
Of course, our Facebook group, which is Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. you got to ask to be in. Um, you won't see me there because I don't have a Facebook, but Brett and Chris and everybody else is there. And, uh, of course, you can find us on Discord, which is linked in the description below. Um, the community's take, we'll go ahead and just do as a fun one for next week, is what game has Nostalgia Goggles affected you the most on? A.K.A. what game did you think looked crazy good, and then you went back as an adult and you're like, this game looks like hot garbage. Um, you know what's so funny about that is like it doesn't detract from the fact that the game at one point in time was really impressive. Good. Yeah, it's just it's it's just as what you're currently like what you think it does versus what you would like. Essentially, also it could mean like you you just pictured it looking better than what it really was. Like you remembered it better. Yeah, but, Andrew uh, just threw out the first Tomb Raider, which I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, that's if you awful. think about the first Tomb Raider in your head, you're like, God, that looked great. That's awful. And then the moment that you see it in person, you go, What? Yeah, you know, you know what a lot of that comes down to, though. And then we'll we'll wrap show up, but um, or we'll we'll end in. But have you ever seen uh, Digital Foundry's video on using a CRT for modern? Yes, games? yeah, I have, to have. CRTs do not work from a pixel structure. Uh-uh. So actually, CRT games are games on CRT TVs back then used to look better. What happens now is that we're looking at Tomb Raider one on a screen that's pixel focused. What is that called? From Dude. a game that wasn't made with pixel structure in mind. There's a there's a term for that too. Yeah. You could actually like some emulators actually come with that as an option you can enable. Oh well scan lines come no, in. No, 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 no. It's not scan lines, um, it's something else. Smoothing becomes sometimes it's, becomes it's, in. It's not smoothing, but it all is almost the way it works. It's like it almost The idea of smoothing is to basically get rid of the pixelated look by just putting like a really light Gaussian blur on everything. That's and that's not what it is, but that is like at the core kind of what it does. But it does it at a graphical level, not a visual yeah. filter. Um I don't know, but it's Retroid a huge has. difference. Because I'm going to tell you, realistically, every game that you thought looked amazing and then you play it on a modern TV, yeah, it, or you watch it on a modern screen, it looked amazing back then because it did look good. You're just watching it in the worst possible way. Yeah. That's so, why everyone should have, if you really love playing old games, you should have an old TV around. And this is coming from someone who wishes I still did. I definitely don't. Um, oh, well. Not at all. But you guys know where to find us, as I just said. Communities Tech, uh, you can ask, you can answer that on our Discord, uh, Twitter, or Facebook group, or YouTube comments if you just really want to. And once again, everybody thank Chris for the stuff he helped us out with. We will return with him next week for episode 225. Shout and out, until Chris. Until then. Oh, dude. The quarter episodes make sense then. It does, actually. Wow. The bam, one, bam. The, the maybe, universe is in, is in line. Maybe there is weird coincidences f- for stuff like this to be real with Abandoned. Um, <laughs> but... If you support our Patreon, uh, you'll get your name right out at the end of every episode, like just now. Thank you all, and let <laughs> Brett's buttery smooth voice end this episode out with the names. Thank you, guys. Uh, Kyle Grimm, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green. My name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Santarud, Funk Turkey, Danny Villiobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popes, Kevin Bacon Bits, Mark Schutz. Um, Shadowist, Steven Salazar, The Stonard, Rich, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Rude Days 93, Josh Drago, Bailey Robertson, Brian, Donovan Williams, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Joshua Lago, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, Jehudi MD, Rob Warpoint, Richard Schaefer, and Ham and Egger. Thank you all so much.